This is The Meek Informant, your content source for Legend of the Five Rings, published by Fantasy Flight Games. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to The Meek Informant, your podcast for the meek and uninformed. I'm Eric. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. How's it going, guys? It's been a little while, as usual. Yeah, yeah, it's like a whole month where I was like not around. <laughs> yes, this is our uh, modus operandus in case uh, it hasn't been uh, apparent. We do a show and then it'll be a little while and then we do another show because we're like, oh, getting the L5R itch. You got mm-hmm. you got any more of those those good provinces or I don't know. Yeah, yeah we, we had two in <laughs> August, though. Let's be let's be uh, honest with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, was, we're great. At so those. Bad. Yeah, excellent. But like over that over that time, like Gen Con happened and then Nova just happened and like roles changed and like, you know, packs got released that I didn't even know were out for two weeks that like all that stuff happened <laughs> and I did not was not aware of it. Yeah, we got to we got to catch catch up here, especially apparently Adam and I Nick's been in it. He's been grinding. He's been playing to the best of his ability. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I've been playing a ton of games new experimental decks with cards that even aren't even on Jigoku yet. So I have to keep manualing them. <laughs> so yeah, oh, that sounds miserable. <laughs> it's not too bad. Cause it's just like the one card that I have in there is just a reaction when your opponent plays a card gain an honor. So okay. it's not too bad, but all right, let's take a quick pause here to recognize the people that have brought us to you today. Uh, we got a couple of shout outs for our lovely patrons. We have got to thank Midgard Comics and Games as an official sponsor of the show. This is the game store that we all play in from week to week and have tournaments at locally. They've got all sorts of, they've got miniature tables and L5R people, magic players and role, role playing games, I don't know, you know, lots of role playing groups, D&D. They're pretty great. Go check them out if you are in the Dairy, New Hampshire area. That's where they're located. They're the best. Yeah, we played there yep. today, and they were like totally open on Labor Day. It was great. I yeah, ugh, you guys. <laughs> Sorry, I have a family, hey. and I couldn't come play. Right. Hey, um, you, you actually primed the pump on that when you said you were going to go. I was like, oh, maybe I can convince Anna that I should let me go. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm going to go to the store. And it was like I kind of like held back a flinch just in case. <laughs> like she was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, okay. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to the store. <laughs> yeah, I was about to open my mouth to say, hey, uh, I, I want to go to the store. And my wife was like, do you want to, before I could say the words, my wife was like, do you want to play Arkham Horror? And I was like, oh, uh, yes. So <laughs> I had to go do that. So I can't complain too much, I suppose. Um, we also want to thank Luxury Playstyle. They are producing the highest quality metal tokens for this game that you could possibly imagine. Um, we all, They're I think we all play with them. Uh, if you they just are, came out with some new stuff today, didn't they? Oh yeah, he came out with yeah. the uh, what's he calling those? The... Iridescent, and no, already sold out. Oh my gosh, yes, I see them now because you were telling yeah, me earlier. The iridescent today. sakuras, they so are they already ridiculous, sold out, and you have to. Uh, so they he is taking a pre order for the next set of five hundred that he's making. So get on oh that. Oh my god, uh, he's I want calling them those... the splendor of seasons. I think. What ah, is okay. with him? He is just off the rails. Those are right. amazing. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ah, they go so well with the the crane uh, Eric deck from last year's Worlds. Like, they go well. That I think those are those are stunning. Oh my god. Yep. So yeah, luxury play style. If you're interested in getting in on that pre-order, go over to Luxplay. That's luxplay.com and use Lux Informant again. Lux Informant for fifteen percent off. Yeah. And wow. Uh, besides that, we just want to thank the rest of our lovely patrons, um, including those for our sister channel, Board Game Informant. Um, if you're into board games, go check that out. Anyway, that's all our shout-outs. If you're interested in supporting the show, go to patreon.com slash meekinformant and check out there. We actually have a little patron-related news as well. Um, this past week, we're, we're, I think this past week, we're making good on one of our provinces, uh, not provinces, our promises. <laughs> Haha. A little Freudian slip there because um, there you go. at the $10 level, uh, which we call super informant, we promised people the option to have province backers in a clan color of their choosing. Um, and I designed those and Johnny got them ordered for us. So we've got those coming in shortly. So if you are already at least a $10 level uh, patron, you'll be getting those. And if you want some, we can post the pictures of them on our Twitter account and Facebook channel, and maybe you'll want to go grab them. Um, sign up and support the show. We'll send those to you. We also have a, uh, a couple other levels, you know, $5 level where you can vote on future content and uh, at $20 a month, which we don't really expect anybody to do, but if you do, <laughs> Eric, uh, Eric, stop. No, <laughs> if you do, I, I will personally or, or Nick or, or whoever will do a ride along video with you. And I'm going to become a Patreon just so I can uh, play a game against Nick. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hit time. Um, so we'll, again, you know, play a game with you on Jigoku and record it and put it on a YouTube channel for us. So yeah. Anyway, enough spiel. What's been, what's been going on with us? Adam, what's, what's been going on with you? Uh, yeah. So I have been in California for at least two weeks and then came back and tried to readjust my life to being away. So I did like, you know, house stuff, <laughs> adult stuff. <laughs> so that's been happening. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. So I missed the fact that an entire pack got released and yeah, that, that happened. So I had to catch up on my podcast. I had to catch up on chatting with all these fine fellows and ladies that we have locally. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been doing, but I did get to play some L5R out there in California and shout out to Matt Soto uh, of the Imperial host coast to coast podcast. If you haven't listened to them, you should uh, super chill guy. We didn't get to play each other, but we did chat for like three hours after we played. Uh, I did a teaching game to my friend, Rich, who's lived out there now for the past couple of years. And uh, he, he has been on the outside looking in on L5R. He played Netrunner a bunch and he still has, I think a bunch of his Netrunner. And so he's just hesitant. Cause you know, finding a group of people to play games with is sometimes difficult. So what was awesome is Matt had uh, his entire box of the children of the empire and it was um, full of starter decks. So we pulled those out and I taught Rich how to play and he really enjoyed it. So that was fun. And so that was, that was basically me playing at Addie's games. If you're ever out in San Diego, go ahead and play there. And I picked a bunch of other stuff there. They have like everything you could ever imagine. It's like an all encompassing gaming store. I picked up some Warcry stuff. 
Uh, they have miniatures, card games, RPGs. Basically, I would call it like a Midgard Games, but not Midgard Games across the country. So yeah, nice. no, it, was, it was fun. I I did play a bunch of board games too when I was out there to kind of try and do a little BGI. So our Board Game Informant sister channel, I played some Cars and City and posted some photos of that, which was my first playthrough. That game is a lot of fun. And I played Cry Havoc, which is a game that's been on my radar for like three years since it came out of Gen Con. Uh, so hopefully in the future, I can't say near future, but I hear there's other people on Board Game Informant that want to play that. So maybe we can we can have, make that happen. Yeah, I think we can totally make Cry Havoc happen. Johnny and I have played that a, a couple of times together. Oh, nice. It's been a little while, so. Cool. Yeah, we'll try and get that onto the channel. Um, I've heard Carson City is cool. It looks interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, That's and, and the, Eric um, is... the one where you're driving cattle, right? No. Oh, no, it's that one, you're in a... Um... You're thinking of Great Western Trail, Nick. Yes, I am. Yep. Yeah, you're... Yep. basically in a city and trying to build out like this board this map of uh locations and there are train tracks and stuff like that but that's it's not like a train game it's not it's not 18xx it. so, like i don't want to hey, build yeah, yeah. it that no i just say that because we have a lot of content of that <laughs> okay. on our on our sister channel so yeah. um it's it's a uh territorial territory control board game area control Got area it. control with uh, a little drafting elements to it, I would say. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time playing it. And the last and not least thing I did there in California was I built a bleeping lightsaber. And I don't know what our rating is, but I built a lightsaber <laughs> with my wife and my kids. It was the best thing ever. If you get a chance to go to Disney World, Disneyland, because it's now available at Disney World as of like this past week, you can build a lightsaber. And it was amazing. Did, did you hurt yourself with it? No. F- those must but, be dangerous. They are dangerous. This is why I had to only build one for the family. Because the, if we had two, like we have all the toilet sabers, but this is like a legit, like <laughs> fifteen pound <laughs> lightsaber, metal on metal. You pick out a kyber crystal. It's pretty epic. Um, wow. Look up Savi's Savi's uh, workshop, and you will see the millions of videos out there of people building it. It's pretty great. Neat. Uh, I'll I'll go. Quick recap next. Um, been doing a lot of stuff for Board Game Informant lately. It's been sort of pulling my my attention away from L5R, which is part of what we're going to address in this very episode. Uh, we did a live stream of Import-Export. Uh, we did another one of the continuation of our Dunwich Legacy campaign of Arkham Horror. Uh, Johnny and I the other night did that. So we've moved that over from, if you were, if you happen to have, were, uh, happen to have been, were following the... Uh, what just yeah that's how okay. i use my words don't you guys <laughs> words that way um if you were following our dunwich legacy campaign for arkham horror on meek informant we've moved that we're continuing it over on board game informant we're purging the non-l5r content content um except for apparently from this podcast uh so yeah johnny and i have also been playing a lot of uh 18xx which is a kind of train it's a it's a Subgenre of board games where you're train, uh, you're playing with trains. We play trains and stocks and stocks and yeah, economics, uh, calculators. Yeah, there was a graphing calculator involved (laughs) involving the final score, so that's like intimidating. It's whatever you just add and multiply numbers, whatever it just makes things go fast. I want to know who played Snake on it at one point during the game. 
I did not. We have there's no games on my, on that calculator, which is unfortunate. What? It's my wife's calculator from <laughs> high school. It's not point? mine. Oh come on! <laughs> They're referring to a picture that I put on Twitter where my my wife's silver edition TI eighty four five eighty five, not the eighty nine, uh, is is featured. Anyway, uh, yeah, eighteen CZ, eighteen New England, which is a, a trade game we're testing for. It's a prototype. We're in play test, which is cool with the one of the companies that makes these kinds of games. Anyway, we've been doing that, and I've been playing a ton of Arkham Horror with my wife, which is awesome. We got through four scenarios of Carcosa uh, this weekend over Labor Day weekend. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I've just been grinding a bunch of L5R. L5R is like the the one true game. I don't know what you guys are doing playing all these other things. But no, I, uh, I've been playing a lot of a game called Slay the Spire, which is pretty fun. Uh, it's like a card game roguelike kind of dungeon crawler thing. It's hard to describe, but it's pretty good. It, on like electronically? Or? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's on uh, Steam. Oh, are these, is this one like that you guys are all been chatting on in the like, NEL5R off topic? Chat. Well, yeah, everybody else has moved on to playing some dice game, but, uh, you know. Dice. I, yeah, exactly. Right? I like Ugh. my randomness in cardboard form. I mean, I play I play some Age of Sigmar and stuff now, but, like, still. Yeah. yeah that's physically yeah, rolling dice, not mechanic, like, not, not digitally. They, they just keep posting these pictures of, like, 36 d6s all showing various numbers and they're like whoa and i have no idea what's going on <laughs> incredible <laughs> yeah what are the what's the probability let's calculate it <laughs> get your ti84 silver edition out now go 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 <laughs> sorry yeah yeah so so, we, so we've had a bunch of news. Sorry, is that all that you have to report? Are we done? Are you... Like that's that's legitimate. I could tell you about. It. I'm playing some disc golf. Disc golf's great. It's a good game, folks. Ooh, nice. Get yeah. out there and try it. Get out in the woods. That's a good Throw game. Some plastic. This is like your one of like your passion of uh, outside of of L5R, right? This is like sort of your secondary thing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. And I found out that the well, anyway, I found a way to can I convinced my boss. Uh, of a way to let me play disc golf at work during work hours. Seems legit. <laughs> this is totally. This is great. totally marketing. Trust me. This is amazing. This is yeah, like you know. This is the this is the twenty first century of of golf play, right? This is like people. It's like, a business oh. expense. Yeah, you know? yeah. You got to go meet and greet. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I just gotta golf. get. I just gotta get him to start paying for some of my. Uh, discs as well, and then then we're well, really no, in no, business. You transition it to L5R can be played at work as a market. You know, it's the same thing, really. When you think about it, I know you could be like Gambit, just throw your L5R cards at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. Get a nice Heiser line on a, uh, a noble set. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what that Excellent. means. No one yeah, knows what know. that means, Nick. Okay, all right, fine. Like. One person who doesn't know what any of the L5R stuff means, but who listens and support will know what that means. So <laughs> stop your senseless <laughs> rambling and let's get on to some some story updates. Let's yeah. hear I, I hear so okay, so uh since I, I, I actually have what what pack is this? Uh Bonds of Blood. I, I bought it and I put the cards in my collection. 
and I think I might have like took new Daka out and and put him in it in a deck, and that was about it. So that's where I left off here. Um, so you're already like a pack behind, right? Yeah, I'm at least a pack behind, and we have like story updates. Can you, Nick, Phil, Adam, and I in on what's going on in L5R these days? Because I'm sure somebody else is, you know, I call myself lazy, but this is all just like fun stuff. So yeah, it's fair. <laughs> all right. So major story spoilers follow. Uh, so um, the emperor's dead. Uh, he was killed by his own son. Uh, Hante Satori, uh, when he was telling Satori that he was going to basically disown him and they were all going to go off and uh, join a monastery together, uh, Satori picked up the ancestral sword of Hante and cut him to death. Uh, Scorpion know about this. Uh, Kachko like, found her way into the room directly after this, covered the whole thing up, and basically told Satori, uh, go, you know, be quiet somewhere. Stay out of the way while the adults are handling this emperor uh and then uh let's see so since then there have been a couple of stories basically uh covering one clan at a time or one clan's perspective at least in like the hours immediately following uh the death of the emperor so we've had a story in which uh yuchi shahai uh learned that satori killed the emperor and so did hante daisetsu the second in line for the throne who uh, the, the emperor actually wanted to inherit it. So they learned and they ran off into the woods. Uh, they were found by Takashi Mitsu, who is now following them around, uh, helping them out. Um, the crane are going to have a civil war because uh, Kuanin found some things that imply that maybe Hotaru asked the scorpion to kill her dad their dad so wait which one's hotaru uh the current champion current crane crane clan champion oh yeah yeah okay yeah so now they are both claiming it which is why there are two crane clan champions in the justice for satsume pack so which is the pack that i missed that that just came out right like yeah well like just came out just two weeks ago (laughs) yeah Yeah. and the the crane province is conflict among kin or between kin or something like that so yep yep it's it's gonna be great times for the crane uh what else uh oh yeah kachiko sent bayushi aramoro to kill akoto totori the emerald champion and uh just like everything else aramoro does he screwed it up kind of of course because he's a terrible card in the game (laughs) he's a bad he's a bad person he took like four ninjas with him and i mean he did eventually succeed at killing totori but totori like in his pajamas killed three people before uh <laughs> being brought down so uh Take that yeah. Scorpion. yeah i need to read uh, this is like uh, i agree there, like we're, we're i know we're being lazy in the sense of being lazy in a hobby thing but yeah i know like it's just finding the time because I, I i've already heard this through a little bit of the the uh, grapevine on discord and through chats but in a podcast but i like you know it sounds like the story themselves by the authors who wrote them oh they're awesome really well written too yeah so like i i I gotta catch up i'm only four behind so i should only take a little while i just gotta find the time yep uh but totori's not dead because his wife koto kaede showed up and uh just like in the game her car is like the game like oh that's crazy and then he didn't that's cool yeah she like 
said, she no, no, no. Bent to fade off of her card to save him, obviously. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, basically, like, the Emperor's dead, the Emerald Champion is near death, and everything's on fire. Wasn't there a dragon story, too? Yeah, the dragon marched an army right up to uh, Otosanuchi, the Imperial City, without anyone noticing, apparently. And uh, they just, like, appear out of nowhere and are like, hey, guys, we have an army. And uh, the <laughs> Ruby champion, who is now in charge because, like, everybody else is dead or missing, was like, great, uh, you are now the Imperial Guards because I don't trust anyone else. Nice. Oh, Also, uh, that was know... where Mitsu ran into Daisetsu, and now him and Daisetsu and Shahai are going to go off and have some sort of crazy road trip. Oh, this sounds fun. I'm going to go play Dragon again because Mitsu is my boy. Uh, you know how they all managed to sneak up, though, is that they just had they each had a tattooed wanderer on their back. And... <laughs> yep. Just a whole bunch of covert. Yeah. yeah. And then there's Mitsu. He didn't need one. That's the picture I now will forever envision. <laughs> just a bunch yeah, of dudes. Just an entire army with an army's <laughs> worth of little monk backpacks. They're all drugged and like high or something like that. You know, just See, on they, their backs. They okay, don't so. show the scale on the tattooed wandered card, but he's Yoda sized. And then oh. he just <laughs> he's just a little guy. <laughs> Classic. The back. Um, all right, cool. Thanks for the catch up on the story. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. I, the nice part is, is that, you know, those four, like Adam was saying, that's maybe like two hours of reading. You know, yeah. Yeah. No. And they're really good stories. I really, yeah, they're good. Read them. And actually, I, I've, I would just want to say that I, I've never read, I only one I haven't read is the Phoenix book, but like all of the little novellas have been like pretty, pretty great. If anybody hasn't read those, they're the, really the good. The Phoenix book might be my favorite one. I'm, I'm going to have to lend wow. that to you because it's, it's so, so good. I have it. I just haven't read it. It's like the first one I got. I just haven't read it. Yeah, I I, lo being... I loved you. You didn't like the Scorpion one, right? Was it you? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Really? It was okay. I really liked that one. I I enjoyed it, but I guess I I, I have nitpicks with the central twist. Anyway, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I have the other I have two of them sitting on my shelf from Johnny that he lent me when we started playing the game, and I was like, yeah, I'll read these. Never did, did you? No, no, I have not. They take yep. like no time at all. I'm surprised. Like at first, yeah, I was like, "Oh, quick!" They're like super quick. Like you could read it in uh, like a couple hours. It's really not long. If you could just sit down, like I did it. I, I I should say this. The only reason I finished mine was I was on business trips and I would sit at the airport for like two hours between flights and I'd read like half the book and then be on the plane and then finish it. It's like that was the only way. I will bring one along on my next vacation. There you go. <laughs> good call wow speaking of vacation nick are we going away somewhere you and me together like we are like frozen tundra of like minnesota yeah minnesota in november sounded so great that we were just like yeah let's <laughs> let's book some flights let's do it i heard bathing suits pool beach like that was what everyone was like touting that goes on there at that time That's, of year. is that right that is my plan uh i don't intend to bring anything but uh shorts and uh tank tops Please uh, do this and take pictures. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we're going there for Worlds, which is only L5R this year, I believe, right? It's just just L5R. Yes. Yeah, it is 100% L5R Pizza Party. Mm, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, I can't so wait. So we are, I think you and I, uh, James, I believe uh, uh, Dave, the Five Rings, is all are all arriving yep. Tuesday, which is the 5th of November. I want to say yep and then the next day so you all are playing but i don't 
I don't have to. So yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I, I can attend you know, <laughs> like fifty of the New England tournaments in the area to like trickle down effect the uh, <laughs> the invite to worlds. <laughs> Hey, hey! I had to fly to Atlanta to get mine. Thank you. No, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general. Like we were, yeah. we were very, we were very lucky. I just, you know, I, I live a life of not getting to attend events. So is fair. the uh, is the window for that closed now? Can you like not earn one by? Doing uh, there any? is there is precisely one more event that grants them, or maybe there's two. There's one. There's, oh, really? so there's one coming up in Las Vegas, and I think October a Grand Championship. Uh, that's gonna oh. have of invites at it. And there's uh, if you want to fly to Italy, there's a uh, Cote in Bologna. Oh, wow. and Madrid might have a Grand Championship too. I think they have a. Oh, I would totally go to Madrid. The stakes like are Spain. significantly higher for yep. for those than like yeah. all the ECs that we went to. Just a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't even care about. Uh, so for people that don't know me that well, because this is we've only been doing this podcast for like six months now, but. Uh, I usually go to like two to three cons a year. And this year I shifted and I made sure that I wanted to go to worlds. Cause I heard how much fun it was last year and the year before. And I love L5R and that's why I'm going no matter whether I qualify or not. Cause I want to go and hang out at the pizza party. Apparently. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it, it's nice. I like the new England people are going to be there. There's a lot of people that I've talked to over chat over the years. So it's gonna be great. We have a house, an entire house with a bunch of yes. degenerate people. Yeah, I'm going to try to cook, maybe, depending on, we'll see. My ambitions for that keep getting lower the closer I get to having to cook. <laughs> I'll cook. I'll make crepes. I'm a, I'm a, I'll make crepes for breakfast. Nice. Long. Yeah. Boom. Adam, how long did you say that you thought we were doing this podcast for? I don't know, six months? It is six months, exactly, like just about exactly. Really? It, well, ish, a little bit. More. It was January twentieth, our first episode. Anyway. Oh, all right. So like nine months. <laughs> what? If yeah, you said January. that's yeah. If it was what? September twentieth. One, two, three, yep. four, five, six, seven. He's literally counting the eight. months, folks. I, I am, but eight months would be September twentieth. You're, you're right that if a full nine months would be the end of September, but I guess yes, January to me says one, and September says nine. So, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to anything else. <laughs> Get that TI 84 kick later on. Let's go. <laughs> so, you guys are going to Worlds, and yeah. that's going to be cool. Uh, Adam, you're hoping to qualify in that first yeah, day? Yeah, obviously. Not? I would like to. I mean, it'd be fun. I don't know that I'm going to have enough time to figure out where the meta is, which is actually what this episode's about, hopefully. Yeah, we're gonna get there Eventually, maybe when we, yeah. we get around. But to this, it. this is good. All right. Wow. So briefly, I guess to to speed things along a little bit, we want to mention that uh, speaking of tournaments, there was the Nova. Was it the Nova Open tournament? Yep. Which yep. Was Virginia. A, it was a special kind of tournament, right? A Grand Championship. Yes, one of the okay. first. I think the second national third national championship, championship, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's part of the new structure. Which, which is it? Do we know? It's a yeah, national. It was a it grand was a national. So really? nationals don't exist anymore. They're called grand championships now. Oh, yeah. so, Legend yeah. of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. Grand championship at the Nova Open. Um, yeah, and yep. a friend of the podcast, uh, Arash, won, won Nova. Congrats, Arash. Yeah. That's awesome. Pretty crazy. He, yeah. 
he's a he, he was featured on our dragon um clan interview episode and has well i don't know he won the event playing scorpion so he's moved on to some greener pastures but <laughs> yeah yeah him and i go way uh, back to hard to blame him but Redder, he, says more red pastures. Be, he says he's gonna be uh playing dragon at worlds so uh oh, let's nice. put that out there in the world so he can't back down yeah he's still in um the dragon chat on the, the global discord i think he just wanted to win <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right yeah and also i can't blame him scorpion's probably more fun than it's, dragon it's it's pretty fun it's yeah. refreshing to to switch i'm doing the <laughs> phoenix thing um you guys are still true true and blue nick and true and red adam yeah yeah so let's get to the meat and potatoes i suppose yeah the uh the meta which in case you don't know what the meta means when we say the meta it just it means what generally what people are playing what kind of cards are out there um I don't know what the meta looks like looks like anymore. I did, uh, and now new cards are out and new roles have changed and everything. So I'm going to ask Nick, can you uh, can you break it down for us? What's going on? Yeah. So we just on September 1st had the new roles go into effect, and uh, they are basically everyone took either air or earth, and then keeper or seeker depending on the clan, but like. Crab got Keeper of Air, Crane got Keeper of Air, uh, Dragon got Seeker of Air, uh, Lion and Phoenix both got Seeker of Earth, Scorpion and Unicorn got Keeper of Earth. So what's so great about Earth and Air? Uh, Air has like a bunch of like powerful cards that are basically locked behind it. So Forebearers Echoes, which is a new card that uh, is basically Spirit Caller, but it's an event. Uh, and it's like one, it's it's a two-fate event uh, that lets you bring somebody back for a conflict from your discard pile. Um, so that's obviously pretty powerful. Uh, Mark of Shame and Soul Beyond Approach, which were in the elemental cycle, uh, are super, super powerful cards, uh, especially for like Dishonor decks uh, or Honor decks. Uh, so those two are, those are kind of like the three big air cards people wanted. Uh, and then the Earth Rolls, every single one of them is for a new card from, I think, Bonds of Blood that was, uh, it's called Earth yeah. Becomes Sky. It says no to towers. I don't like it. I like towers. <laughs> I don't like but that's, it. That's like legitimately the entire reason anyone went with an Earth Roll at all, because yeah. Otherwise, wow. Earth has been seen as pretty bad because it makes Upholding Authority uh, five, and that's a province you want to break, five strength, uh, as opposed to three. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. I guess that's why the argument was Scorpion went for it on Keeper, because we have the new Earth province, which is pretty great. What's that? Uh, it is called... Uh, dis Gosh, it's Effective called? Dis Deception. Effective deception, yeah, just something deception, which is more or less a better version of a forged edict on a province, such that anytime a triggered ability, I don't have it up right now, I think it's triggered ability yeah. fires, it can cancel it. So, like, they know it's there, your opponent knows it's there, but it kind of has a wider spectrum of stuff that it can affect than just events. Ooh. Yeah. When the effects of a triggered ability would initiate during a conflict at this province, cancel those effects. Yeah. It's four strength earth roll. 
Yeah. Right. That's yep. effective. Yeah. Right. And so we have that. Can definitely do some work. So, but like, I think the overall, like, uh, Scorpion took that because at some point they're going to have to lose Keeper of Air, which, because of Mark of Shame, is one of their strongest for that Dishonor deck. Uh, and Keeper of Earth is probably the next best deck between Earth Becomes Sky and uh, that, like you said, that that province makes losing Upholding Authority or making Upholding Authority worse uh, feel a little yeah. less bad. So, And because, uh, the, and I think the Keeper there was because we want to use Shisura Miyako, which is our new uh, conflict version of Miyako that lets her disguise in over any uh any non-scorpion characters and if we can trigger our uh initiates and whatnot to come in we can miyako on top of that type of thing yeah so. and also keeper for uh backhanded compliment yeah so yep, for sure pretty much a, a key part of that dishonor burn deck yeah so that, i mean that's like the scorpion Bits. I don't know that that's like 100%. Like I'm speaking totally as a ignorant Scorpion right now, because uh, that's all I've seen. I need to get back into the Scorpion chat and talk more. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're taking the meek approach to this, but <laughs> those are the kind of like standout things for Scorpion that I would say you could expect to see at the moment. Yeah. So, so there's definitely some like new stuff coming. Like some of the new cards, like you said. Uh, the new Shosuro Miyako, she's a disguised conflict character, and she can dishonor someone when she comes into play, a non-unique, so that's a little bit limiting, but she's still pretty good. And uh, there's a bunch of other kind of power cards or builds that are going to be unlocked by these uh, role selections. So, like Crab are getting a whole new deck archetype for the first time since the game started, is no longer like just immediately correct to take Spyglass and Talisman of the Sun and all that. Uh, Spyglass, because it went on the restricted list. And then uh, with Keeper of Air, they and, and a new card called Warden of the Damned, they have access to a ton of kill effects. So uh, what Warden of the Damned gives them, it's a uh, three cost, two, two, two political, two military one glory uh conflict character that's a monk it's a monk and, it's a yes. conflict monk i know i know Ooh. you could drop him in and then high kick yeah. it's a three influence conflict monk <laughs> yep. no problem yeah that's a little bit harder wow but, but he rough. has uh a forced reaction where at the end of the conflict phase each player must sacrifice a, a dishonored character they control if any so uh if you can play like Warden of the Damned, get some value out of the fact that it's a, you know, 2-2 two, two for 3 isn't great stats, but, you know, it's a body. It's fine. Um, and then, like, throw a Mark of Shame or get a Fire Ring off on your opponent or something like that, then yeah, you can, like, kill their big guys. Huge. So, like, the lists I've seen running that are, like, on um, three Mark of Shames, three Miyako, or two or three Miyakos. Uh, because you're Crab, you have a bunch of non-Scorpion characters she can disguise over. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, uh, like three-way of the Crabs, too. Just a total board control deck. So that's going to be com completely different. I don't know if that's going to be 
uh, as good as more standard crab, but that's what Keeper of Air is kind of opening up for them. So that's going to be interesting to see. You seeing any fallen in battles in there, man? Seeing any of them? I, it goes I so have well not. There. I, do Damn they? It. <laughs> it does. It work. No, I don't know. I want it to work. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants it to work. I think it should work in there. Should work. You you feel free to try that. You I'm gonna it. do it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kick it in overdrive. I mean, I, I get the uh, the the flavor text on the warden of the dam is pretty interesting. <laughs> the wardens who attend to the damned are as ruthless as they are courageous. They must stand ready to cut down the very companions whose humanity they seek to preserve. They're like, oh yeah, you went over here to help this people. Yeah, okay. Well, you got a little corrupted. You're dead too. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. You're dishonored, yeah. so you're probably corrupted. Yeah. Yeah, the damned is a whole legion of uh, a little bit Shadowlands tainted uh, yeah. crabs who basically get thrown into the meat grinder of the Shadowlands to die because that's all they're good for now. <laughs> You're gross. Go to go to go die. Exactly. Yeah, I words. actually hadn't seen that. That's a good card. That's a really like I definitely would see a good like it's a borderline just just good dishonored card too, right? Like, get right. rid of those guys that are high value if you can dishonor them. I mean, I would, I would see, I could see if that'd be a fun one to run for Scorpion. <laughs> yeah, a lot of influence, but uh, yeah, the three influence is definitely obvious. a strong card. But the, yeah. three, the fact is, the three cost like makes you feel not so bad buying it with fate. Yeah, Nick, uh, how's how's Duel to the Death doing? Eh, it's okay. It takes a lot of setup. And it's very telegraphed. Uh, I think most people at this point have cut it. Like, if you think about it, really? right? If you think about the requirements for Duel to the Death, it's one fate during a conflict where I have a guy and you're dishonored and my guy has at least five mi- five military more than you or else it also costs me honor. Like, because I'm, I'm going to bid five, right? Because I, I, there's no way I can let you win that and kill right. my guy. So it's it's there's a lot of things that need to be true kill. for you to play that card you could just kill such big big characters but if they're big they're hard to kill because they're big and you need to mm. be even bigger but they're dishonored so they're less hard to kill true but nobody runs glory except for crane anymore so dragon poor dragon yeah poor dragon <laughs> cuz they have uh, okay okay so then so what's the new hotness with Crane these days, then? Uh, well, there's two two big things. Uh, one has been with the Seeker Avoid roll, we get access to a card called A New Name, which is zero cost, plus one, plus one. And attached courtier gains, or attached character gains the courtier and bushy traits. Um, so this lets you play like for shame really easily. The, the deck had moved a lot away from courtiers and uh, so we were really bushy heavy with all our new duelists, Toshimoko and all that. Um, so a new name is number one, it's free stats, which is so good in a deck that really cares about like getting a big tower together. Um, and then it turned on for shame in places people didn't see it. And it uh, combos really well with a new holding that Crane got called Esteemed Tea House, which is a plus two strength holding. Uh, with action during a conflict in which you control a participating courtier, uh, choose a attachment 
on any character, doesn't have to be participating. Basically, it bounces it back to the controller's hand, and that controller cannot play copies of that attachment for the remainder of the turn. So it's soft attachment control. So I can drop clouds back into your hand, or I can like pick up my own attachments. So one of the things I've been looking at using it for is um, now that Crane have Keeper of Air, uh, build a kill deck uh, with Mark of Shames. So I can drop the Mark of Shame, double dishonor your guy, and then if I have a tea house out, I can just pick it back up, put it back in my hand. So two fate and dishonor someone. Don't spend a card. Pretty good. It's mean. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's, you know, kind of crane. And then I've been playing around a lot with a uh, super towery, super slow uh, keeper dueling deck. I honored out a couple times. It was great. Uh, but I'm shifting it more towards what I think is going to be more of a meta thing. So I, I would expect to see a lot of cranes on, on Unicorn Splash. So what's that about? Why, why are you splashing Unicorn? So the idea is I get a big old tower and I throw it at your province and then it bows. And I go, okay, I don't care because it has like two or three duelist trainings on it. And I just move it bowed into the next conflict and duel your guys so they bow. Uh, how are you moving with... With uh, things like adorned favorite mounts and yeah, adorned Barcha. Although yeah, I'm I'm iffy on that one. But adorned Barcha does real work. Uh, I don't know. That thing's pretty great. <laughs> that card's amazing. Uh, card's really yeah, good. but it, it iffy fights, on it. Amazing. It fights with well, it's a really good card, but it fights with gossip because they are both limited, so you can only play one or the other on the same turn. So oh boohoo. Yeah, it's it's an embarrassment of riches, really. <laughs> so. That's been fun. Are you running um, Gaijin Customs in that? I don't know. Oh, yes. Yeah. Three Gaijin yeah. Customs, some Talismans of the Sun, so I can uh, right. So you copied my off. dragon deck, is what you're saying. You just um, you just plagiarized, is all we're saying here. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's video proof of it on the internet. I played it. I played it. it that is true. Not, that I is lost true. so many games. I was going to say Gaijin Customs I, is nasty in that deck, though. I, I was going to say that I, I keep winning games with it, but you know, so that's a slight difference. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I did. I did. I had like a 50. If it was on, it was ridiculous. And then if it was off, I lost real bad. So. Yeah. See, that's, I, I feel like it's a little more consistent out of Crane. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. cool. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. Wow. We got, what, what else? What else? Uh, other big cards. A uh, Gateway to Mido is a three strength void province. Cannot be. A stronghold province and uh during a conflict at this province you can play characters from your dynasty discard pile into the province as if they were from your hand so that's not an action it's just a default thing there's um speaking of crab again uh there's some crab decks that take advantage of this to either just get a insane amount of value or there is technically an infinite combo it's very hard to set up. Costs like 13 fate to get going. But once you have it set up, you can kill your opponent in a single turn without them being able to do anything unless they play gossip. So this that's. Is, this is through like infinitely looping levies and stuff. Yeah. Basically, uh, you use Vanguard Warrior to kill itself, which triggers. It, it sacrifices itself to put fate on people, which triggers uh, Yasuki Taka and Yasuki Broker which gain money and uh, draw cards. Conveniently, 
just enough money to buy that thing back out of your discard pile. Um, and so you just loop that over and over, draw your entire deck, and then play Levy until your opponent is dead. And you you stay above the death because of, what do you have, a, a, a Prez to Obisu in there? Uh, I think for the actual full version of it, you need to like run Warm Welcome. There's a way that like you Warm Welcome a Levy and a Warm Welcome to get them back into your pool, and you can use Jade Tetsubo to like gain fate off of your characters. Oh, yeah, but how, how are you staying above them combo. when you in in honor? Oh, so on every cycle, right? You're taking three from them with Levy, right? Every time you reshuffle your deck. Uh, yeah. you're taking three from them and then losing five. So you net lose two, they net lose three. And uh, okay. Prayers so you don't even need can, the yeah, prayers you, it, it, it can, but like most of the way that I've seen Crab use it is just on their turn where they uh, are playing Gateway to Mido. They're like, okay, I'm going to buy out this uh, Caillou Envoy and then I'm going to weigh the Crab you. And I'm going to buy out the same Caillou Envoy again. And I'm going to buy out all of my Vanguard warriors that I can. And and just like generating an insane amount of value on that single turn. I think that's generally accepted to be the better way to do it. I could be wrong. Yeah. I know um, Joe from Cincinnati, uh, another friend of the pod, uh, was playing a one that did lean really heavily into the combo side of it. So, so is it... Pre- like you said, it's kind of the generally more expected. It's not really prevalent. You're not seeing like the the gateway, the infinite loop deck everywhere. It's mostly just for value, Mato. Yeah, it, it's mostly just a huge value turn. And with Talisman, you can turn it on on specific turns when you want to. So you're seeing it a fair bit in the more standard uh, older crab lists uh, where they're running like Talisman of the Sun and, and things like that. So have you been infinite comboed to death? No, I have been uh, insane amounts of value to death, though. I was, like, winning this game, yeah. and then all of a sudden the guy pulled, like, 20 military skill out of his graveyard, including Kasada, and I was like, neat! <laughs> and then I died. I think the first time I saw this was... Was that a Midgard event? The, the Not the combo, but, like, just Mado. It was a crab. And it was the one I... I think it was the EC? Yeah, actually, it was the EC. At Midgard, yeah, it would have been right after it came out. Yeah, so people were people were definitely yeah. experimenting with it. <clears throat> I was just picturing Nick's grave, like tombstone. It's like Nick's last words. Neat, <laughs> pretty much. Then, yeah, because then you die. That is the sign. I uh, <laughs> that I'm about uh, to die. I'll say uh, along the line of province discussion, there's one that sparked me to build a weird lion deck. It was this dishonorable assault. That's a during a conflict in this province, discard one or more cards, and you can decide on each of the characters that are attacking uh, based on their cards, which I thought would be like a fun little dishonor deck. And I played it a few times, and I came to realization that I don't know anything about Lion Dynasty to the point where I finally came to the conclusion that everyone that has been saying that the two costers and Lion are really weirdly skewed in their value. Um, was true. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it was hard to buy any characters that were like to get any number of characters in play because they have a ton of unique characters that are low cost. Yep. Yeah. And then everything so, that isn't has pride and is a two one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um 
So I don't know how to build a Lion Dynasty, and I think I am uh, along the same <laughs> in the same position as most Lion players at this point, because I think that's the problem they always complain about. I hear about a Lion player. The, the Lion pack is going to, you know, kind of wreck, or it's going to make them strong enough to... That's the, the feeling that I get, is that the Lion pack is going to bring them up quite a bit. Oh, I think the Lion packs yeah. will be pretty good. I don't know enough of the cards in there, and that's like definitely in the future as far as i mean people have been saying they're pretty happy to see it coming uh, i know that james was playing with a bunch of the cards today i don't know what what he was using uh, but even in this new even in the current uh inheritance cycle stuff there's that she's not like amazing but she definitely does some work it's this frog i say frog lady because i forget her steward real of the rich frog yeah <laughs> frog lady and, yeah, and so I don't know if you know what this does, Eric, but like she basically says, if if you as the lion player have less cards, you can't have any um, dishonor status tokens applied to your characters, and it's just like an ongoing effect. Uh, it, it was so odd that last week I started playing backhanded compliments to discard a card for myself to then have James have more cards than me, so that I could actually then go ahead and dishonor his characters. Because like usually you wait your you use your backhanded compliments like towards the end of the game. I was using him like mid game, like all over the place. <laughs> Just yeah, to, was, no. yeah, yeah. Just so I could dishonor his stuff and make sure he had more cards, but he was more only cards. bidding one, so like he was only rocking, rocking like two or three cards a turn. So I gave him <laughs> one, and I would go down to like three, and he go to four or something like that, and then I'd be able to dishonor his dudes, and you know, cunning magistrate exists, and he would do things. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, it's funny. So it's it's an interesting card. I don't I don't know. I feel like it's a uh, it's one that you can see kind of balancing out the meta as it will because it does it does do some work but it's totally a matchup dependent card yeah i can't see much outside of like scorpion or like maybe that crab kill deck we were crab, talking about yeah. yeah yeah where you where you'd really want it anyway uh, so there was i i was even you know the uh oh no i actually talked with um with some people about this on a previous episode but the the Echo Bird deck, Echo Burb and whatever, there's like a billion Mimi names for this thing. Right? Yep, Dredge Bird. And- Dredge Bird. I, I was tuned in enough to hear about that, but for those who missed it, uh, you want to just take us through that? Yeah, uh, Echo Bird was basically, uh, it used the card Forebearer's Echoes uh, out of Phoenix. So Forebearer's Echoes is a spell, so Phoenix could recast it using Cued Nisawa. Um it uh, <clears throat> allows you to um, basically pull someone out of your graveyard and then they go away at the end of the conflict. Well, there's a uh, character called Fushicho in Phoenix who, when he leaves play, you choose another character in your graveyard, bring them into play, and put a fate on them. So, um, yeah, it... it led to some insane value where you would just mill all of your cards into the discard with Mia Satoshi. And then for two fate, you'd bring back a giant six, six bird that when it died, got you like a champion with a fate on it. And it was insane. Um, Really, really powerful, super value heavy degenerate deck. Um, There was a uh, Imperial advisor episode, uh, episode 55 um, that talked about it in, depth so they talked a lot about the the way the deck works and things like that so that was and and the experience it's, of it at gen con too so because that was and, kind and of its, its de- first debut, right like that's sort of the important thing the yeah current, the current it's done 
no yep, worlds. Yeah. Phoenix no longer have an air roll, and Forebearers Echoes requires the air roll. So uh, they are Seeker of Void and Seeker of Earth. So they gave it up in favor of their own in-house uh, Earth Becomes Sky. Right. And, and the, the other piece, which I don't think you mentioned, was that they also would import my ancestor strength and and then stample out little like one fate six sixes all over the place and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's always nice. Which which was the part of the deck that I didn't really do when I I played four games with it. Um but when I watched some of the streams of this deck being played, I was like, oh wow, that's that's even really like almost as powerful as the Fushi Show side. Yeah. Just being a little like, oh yeah, you know what? You're like, oh, you're up four fate. No, you're not. Or not four strength. Here's a six six. Yeah, yeah. It it's the only deck I've ever seen, like serious competitive deck that played uh, Fire Tensai Initiate, which is a one cost zero zero with no abilities. It's just a body that you can turn into a six six with my ancestor's strength. It has no abilities. Nothing. Yeah, it's a it's scholar like a, Shugenja. Yeah, it's like a woman that's got like a. It's, it's a it's a female character art card right i remember i think i remember like black hair yeah, yeah. what is this called? fire tensai initiate yep yeah, i just brought it up go. in the chat oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay oh she's too glory she was supposed to be for the um ims deck right uh something like that or well there was also like the, the uh, fire katana Sawasuki. yeah she does have the fire trait for the fire katana uh sawasuki can honor her because she's a scholar at which point she's a one fate two okay. two but you know th- there were some right, uses, okay, okay. but mostly she turns into a giant six six she channels a dead <laughs> yeah. phoenix yeah. okay so that's like most of the the new stuff i guess right dragon uh anything happening with them at all they got the um justicar's approach to i don't know how to pronounce it yeah, people have been trying that one out. I haven't um I haven't seen it in the wild. So like the third pack, which has just cards approach in it, which is I guess I should explain. It's a one cost, uh plus one military attached to a courtier character. Um and it gives them the ability uh action initiate a military duel. Uh the loser of the duel bows. If they're already bowed, dishonor them. If they're already dishonored, kill them. And bowed, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So basically it's like a flow chart. If they're if they're just fine, bow them, otherwise dishonor, and if they're already bowed and dishonored, kill them. So mm-hmm. uh they just got um Seeker Bear. So people are thinking about like uh Scorpion for things like Mark, Mark of, Shame. of Shame. Yeah, always good just to dishonor folks. Uh then you just need to bow them and you know, there's a bunch of different things you can do there. Even like high kick um yeah sweet high kick tech very spicy so that doesn't seem very good um yeah there's a lot of moving parts to it is Um, there anything else anything else that came out for dragon that's like good uh uh, not i mean this is what i'm talking about but yeah, not really. There's there's right. not a lot out there. I guess I'm staying yeah. on Phoenix for a little while. Yeah, Phoenix is great. Phoenix is a like, really, really strong deck. Yeah. I want to be green again, I think, but I can't. I can't. I know. I know. All right. So, uh, I don't know. I guess I, we probably ne- neglected a, a clan there. Uh, Unicorn. 
I don't know. Yeah, Unicorn's just doing basically the same thing they always did. Although I found a really cool, I'm building a deck, rather, that uh, plays. So there's a new card, uh, Shinjo Gunso, which is a two cost, one, one. And uh, when it's played uh, from your provinces, you look at the top five cards of your dynasty deck, choose a character that costs two or less, and put them into play immediately. Uh, and then discard the rest. So it puts four cards into your discard pile for cavalry reserves. It gets you a free body. Uh, it's a 1-1 one, one cavalry that you can sacrifice to your uh, to uh, Tori Day uh, to generate an additional conflict. And I basically built a deck that has Moto Chagatai, uh, Shinjo Shono, and a million two drops, one and two drops. And it just spams out a board out of nowhere. Like and then plays for greater glory to like keep them around and it's it's insane nonsense i don't think it's actually that good but it's a really fun deck to play and it wins or loses by like the end of turn two so it's like any nice unicorn. quick yeah basically it's it's basically normal unicorn except i get to use like ujik tactics which is legitimately bad card but still <laughs> perfect yeah yeah it's fun uh, I think we had a couple of, I did a quick little like spam out for before we recorded the show, if anybody had any questions. Um, and we had a couple, we, <laughs> Christian on L5R Discord, the global one said, what should we complain about now that Echo Bird is gone for three months? Uh, I hear lots of and, people are complaining about Crane. Crane is a good thing to complain about. If that's what you're looking for. All right, Crane, rolls. Um, yeah, yeah, free the rolls, hashtag. I, yeah, that's I'm probably the, the thing I've heard the most about lately. Free the rolls. Yeah, people that, want to just totally make them all open all the time? Is that? I mean, that'd be yeah, kind of fun. But Basically, the, the most recent roll selections led to a lot of hurt feelings, like Lion lost. So they were choosing between Seeker of Earth and Keeper of Air, which like have two totally different play styles, right? One's Keeper, one's Seeker. Earth is like the super tempo because you're playing Earth Become Sky and Display of Power yeah. and stuff like that. Whereas the Air deck has, number one, I mean, they have a lot of options for Air, uh, Forebearers, Echoes, and Mark of Shame, and Soul Beyond Reproach, all these things that are like good in Lion. And they lost that by one vote. Yeah. So and think I, of all that, the people who sucks. voted on the other side that are very upset about that. So there's a well, lot. I, I remember. I remember at the EC at Midgard that that was actually the the hot button topic between all the line players because there were there were a fair amount there and it was like that was exactly the discussion. I think there was the uh, <clears throat> the persuading of one side to go to the other a lot in that in that discussion. So yeah, uh, I I think that the um, Earth becomes Sky is is like the card but i also think that like that card is not going to last that long that you lock yourself i hate i hate hearing a decision made by a clan that locks them into a splash right because that to yeah. me is where yeah. i think the argument is justified where someone who wants to play something now feels like they and i and i feel that way too like a lot of times i feel like i can only play with a crane or a phoenix splash right like and i i don't want to play right. more crap splash I'm, like there's they're they're out there but like they're they're not really as good um or not as good there's just not enough options when you include that and it's like okay now you just take the phoenix splash okay and you you're basically locked in to that is it a good deck probably 
but it's like not that exciting if you want to have some fun right and just right do different things. and and that's one of the things so uh crane had a pretty like big uh debate over the first role choice because uh, a lot of the top crane players wanted to go seeker of void when we were going to keep seeker of fire and mm. um that means we were going to have two seeker roles and everybody who played a keeper deck uh was going to be out of luck and there's a lot of good cards for keeper for crane like uh uh defend your honor was big um you know to just to an extra cancel it turns on your stronghold things like that when it's cute and kikita anyway um mm. so with this next role selection there was actually like a lot of talk about like okay we already have seeker avoid but we're gonna lose that after worlds maybe we should get keeper avoid now because a new name is so strong uh you know we need that the right. void continuity and uh people were like no 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 no. let's go for keeper of air because it opens the most options which i actually kind of like um there's that uh, keeper of air kill deck with like marks of shame and noble sacks and stuff like that um i've been having a lot of fun with the unicorn splash uh using air roll uh for a couple of soul beyond reproaches just to fight scorpion a little bit better but also frostbitten crossing because when i go to uh unicorn i don't have the same attachment control as i'm, I'm used to from like a dragon splash so like there's more options in like keeper of air than there would have been from like some people were pushing keeper of earth some people were pushing keeper of void but like those are like one deck that you're gonna build you know yeah yeah no i i agree because like there's just so many there are a ton of cards that i just don't ever see getting play right like not that i care that this card is any good or not but like in this recent i think it was this pack or the last pack uh scorpion got a card that's like fire roll only and you're like cool yep okay i like, don't even, i don't even read you see that you don't even read the card right? great let like, me forget about that yeah exactly like yeah is the card good it could be the best card in the world but like it literally has zero like you cannot use it the, yeah there the is satis- no clan in the game with a fire roll right now right. so uh right. you cannot play that at all and like it's, just... it's not a terrible ability it's basically hawk tattoo or dishonor like it's not a right. bad card yeah i don't know that it's great but um, and I guess I, I guess the thing here is based off of this because I think I could spiral out on this, but would be like, what do you think that they would ever do? Do you think they would free the rules? Because I actually have been thinking about this in the back of my mind. I also don't know that freeing the rules completely is like the right thing to do because then it just becomes like there's very little structure. It seems to, but but again, I don't know. I'm I'm not that in tune with I guess everything and like the the pulse of the community to like. See what I'm, what I'm missing in that sense, but I feel like if it opens up that much, there's like maybe too much openness. The idea that I had heard somewhere kicked around that I like is to have some kind of structured role system, and then to have the option to spend influence or something. Like you, you get two fewer influence or something. Have a new role that is any role. Um, you know, like you can get take any clan you want, but you don't get cool you know secret so, keeper situations and maybe you get like i don't know seven influence or something i don't know so is it like so like for this the alluring patrons what i'm thinking of it's so like in that case if it was a scorpion would i have to just forego like whatever number of influence that i could spend somewhere else to include her in a non-fire role situation is that kind of the uh instead of like seeker gets nine influence this would be like seven or something um right yeah i don't yeah i mean i, I don't know the problem the problem with that is the 
and I don't, I don't know if this is a real problem or my perceived problem is I would expect that a game was designed over time with the influence cost. And I'm kind of like laughing inside on this. So <laughs> yeah. with the influence yeah. cost actually We're mattering, brief. which we all know it doesn't. Um, but in yeah. my mind, I feel like they've gotten better with it. So like there has to be some weird cost. Cur- I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I, it's not my job to, to figure that out. It's else right. But I mean, if that role granted you the ability to, to pull whatever, you know, you can ignore role locking, you know, for this, yeah. this role, then maybe they'd have to figure out where that goes. And that might be really, really hard to, like you said, they've been designing all these cards knowing that like, well, Keeper and Seeker can never go together, right? So it's okay if we design these cards in these ways and then, you know, putting that kind of volatility together might end up with some crazy broken crap. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just land on the side of, you know, if you're going to soft free the rolls like that, I mean, number one, like the, the ability to put like keeper initiates in any deck would be really powerful. Although I guess you wouldn't have a, yeah, you wouldn't have a ring to claim them off of, huh? Huh. I don't know. Like, I no, feel they like, wouldn't work. Like there's a lot of structure around deck building in this game. Uh, yeah. You, between 40 and 45 cards two different uh decks you can only have 10 characters in one of the decks you've got the influence and clan restrictions uh and then you still have the restriction of you know the keeper or seeker and the element right if you were to free the rolls it's just that you get to choose which element you're locking yourself into i don't know i i think the player base could handle it could could handle a free, a free just roll? Just totally freeing it, yeah. And yeah. they've already shown. So the, the big thing is that they wanted to do was, um, you know, the old game had this tradition of players choosing uh, story outcomes uh, based on tournament results. And they wanted to continue that into this game, but they weren't sure how to do it because a lot of times those story results ended up super... Weird. We'll say less serious, yeah. There was apparently a campaign to make an elephant emperor or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. but. Um, so this was their way to address that by giving the players choice that affected the mechanics of the game rather than the story of the game. So they could kind of keep the story on track, but it seems way more dangerous to like here, mess with this. This is less important. Exactly. Yeah. Mess with the competitive environment, but also like they've figured out since then how to do cool story choices where like at worlds last year, they were, you know, telling people you get to choose what family is going to do this. And here's what that means. You know, the Yogo are going to approach things this way. The Daidoji are going to approach things that way kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's a really cool way to do it. And they've done it at other tournaments now, too, where they've had votes on, they had a vote on some sort of Phoenix. I forget exactly what this was, but it was at the Birmingham Cote. There was a vote on, like, how the Phoenix were going to approach some problem. And that's right, because they vote but it's like from a limited menu of options. And that's that I think is the key is you just make sure that the menu of options does not include ha ha ha. Then they burn down the building. Ha ha ha. Right. It's not open-ended. <laughs> it's like, exactly. here's four different paths. Choose your own adventure, but you can't just go jump off the deep end. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot and I'm really hoping to see that expand, uh, especially with uh, worlds coming up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, and th- didn't they say too that they're changing the way that the voting is going to work? At least right now, like you're going to not be able to just like skip. Like there was 
I say rumors because this is all I know it to be that rumors that people are like skewing votes and like piling up them to like yeah with I mean, other clans. People, people were definitely buying and selling vote cards. Uh, I don't know how many of them were used to screw up other clans, but um, I have two I guess... that I never spent. I should have made some money. Useless now. Yeah. 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 Well, I think most people are just selling them for promos. I don't know about real money. Uh, but, you know, you could have gotten like some sweet, like spot gloss Tadakas or something. Mm. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, the, the next set of elemental championships or wherever we end up doing voting, because that whole structure might be changing next year. Um, but the next set of those is going to have uh, clan locked cards. So there's going to be the crane vote card at that event. Um, and you can't use that for anything but crane. So you won't be able to like sell your votes to you know screw up scorpion if you don't really care what role crane gets. Right. That's good. Yeah. So, so since they've made that kind of announcement, it seems pretty clear that they're not going to be freeing the roles, right? Because they've got next year's role so, voting system like dreamed up already. So they said uh, uh, Tyler was on one of the other Discord chats uh, and said. During uh, right after that article came out, where he talked about the new roles and then how they're going to be selected next year, uh, that he wrote that article prior to everyone. Uh, there was kind of this community push over the last couple of weeks for free the roles as we started getting closer and the angst started amp amping up in a couple of the communities. And uh, he said that that was written prior to the community kind of changing. Hmm. Or at least becoming more active in uh, its free the rolls mindset. So, well, we'll see what happens. It'll be uh, it'll be a whole new crazy world if they did. Yep. There was. Uh, did you have any more questions from that that area, or did? Um, yeah, we. Any L five R too. Yeah. Any no, not from that area. So any L five R. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so I mean, there was just the generic one about knowing our opinions and the new roles and the winners and losers. So, I mean, I guess we kind of touched on that, but I, to, that was from uh, from Mike, and he was more curious, I, I think more specifically, like, who won and who So, like, I think we probably can say that there, anything that overall, like, and, and the, the article uh, touches on this, anything that was on the fence of, like, a, a vote one way or the other was probably going to cause... Uh, argument between that clan so yeah. winners and losers i would say those clans that were one or two votes off of what one side wanted the other was a loser just be purely because like there's half of a clan that is unhappy right whether that the choice was made was right or not like doesn't really matter like you've unsettled half of the clan potentially right there's a clear winner here actually really uh, it's un unicorn got keeper of ear <laughs> that's a new <laughs> that one is, that is true yeah, they You're get right. an entirely new role that nobody else even gets <laughs> access to. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is I a reference to the 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 FFG website where it displays <laughs> the roles down on Unicorn side. It says effective until March second, twenty twenty. Keeper of ear for Unicorn. That's like you know. The Someone got really it. lazy like on the Friday before, and they were like, "Oh, I had to type this four other times." <laughs> Earth, <laughs> the other times, whatever it was. <laughs> Sorry, derailed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as like specifics, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think Scorpion did okay. I don't think they got. I actually think it's not good. I don't think it's bad. So I don't think that makes them a loser. Uh, Phoenix, 
I think the Seeker of Earth is good because they have in-house now. We talked about the um, uh, Earth Becomes Sky. Sky. Right, that's just like a card they can use. The big downside Uh, to Seeker of Earth for Phoenix is that their province row goes from absolutely amazing to pretty bad. Yeah. So it's yeah, but that happens every time you lose a void. Like that's like that's true. Scorpion lost Seeker of Void like a year and a half ago, or whatever. Now, and I was surprised we didn't go Seeker. But I, I, I'm actually actually wondering if we're gonna go towards it for the for um, after after Worlds. I know people will probably try and stick to Air, but I still think Void is really good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the plan there is. I know basically that Phoenix or uh, Scorpion never want to lose Keeper because without backhand a compliment that dishonor style of deck just rolls over right yeah. it just can't yeah. just can't close the game um so uh they were talking about keeping keeper of earth just as like their backup role and then whatever they get at worlds there's not like probably gonna be a lot of competition for i guess i i don't know i'm, I'm not into yeah. the internal politics of uh you red masky folks right uh as far as lion we talked about them they are on that toe the line and half of them are happy half of them are sad like yep. is seeker of earth bad no is it have a longevity to it probably not because i don't think that that deck is gonna last but you know me you you think that that earth become birth oh wow that was a good one earth becomes sky is gonna get like rl or something uh i don't know about that i mean i've <laughs> maybe but i i don't know about that i think it's more of like you are now locked into people using that specific deck like you that's that is what you yeah. you build so yeah like if it ever gets whether it's rl or whether there's something that comes comes up that can shut that down in some way then like that you, all, you the eggs all your eggs in one basket. basket yeah exactly hey, good. nice <laughs> dual on the same wavelength yeah. uh what's what's that called colloquialism yeah, it is. Anyway, uh, I don't know anything about Dragon except nobody plays them anymore, so they are a winner because they have new stuff to play with. Um, yeah. Basically, so they got their speaker. solitary strength can be played now, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but it, I think it, what I think... it boils down to for Dragon is that Seeker Void was their best province row remaining after like Feast or Famine got on the restricted list. So. Uh, they went for Seeker of Air, which is the next best province row for them. Um, but for money and for like, yeah, the Soul Beyond approaches and the market and shames, like, right? In general, a Seeker role is going to be better if you have a good in clan province of that role, right? So, like, you know, Seeker of Fire was so good for uh, Dragon because they had Restoration of Balance, uh, so they didn't have to run one of the other Fire provinces. They could just run Restoration and Feast or Famine, or like. Uh, Scorpion loved Seeker of Air because they had uh, Secret Cache in Clan. And Dragon do have a really strong uh, Air Province, uh, the Sacred Sanctuary. It's just normally you want your um, Seeker Element Provinces on your row so you can get the money from them uh, during the kind of early to mid game where it's going to have more impact. Uh, and a lot of Dragons obviously put that on their stronghold, so you're going to get the, the money at a relatively late portion of the game, so hmm. yeah, it's a puzzle. Yeah, um, yeah. Crab getting air, I think that's a winner. I think that's like based off of what you did. I didn't even realize that card that you were talking about earlier, the uh, Warden of the Damned. Like, 
that is something I'm going to look out for. Like, that's just a good card. And then the fact that they can run air good stuff now is, like, nice. Yeah, and, like, if nothing else, right, they were losing Keeper of Water. That's going to hurt because Fight On is huge for that deck. And any yeah. other Keeper can run the old Unicorn Splash minus Fight On and just right. do, you know, as best they can. Um, so this the fact that Air gives them this option for a completely different style of deck um, is pretty cool. I, I think that was a, a smart way for them to take a look at it and say, you know, all right, yeah. we wish we had Keeper of Water for Worlds, but we don't. So what's the next best right. thing? I was just going to say, too, like, I think uh, I've seen this in the past, like, when, when a clan knows, it's a, it's a short time between Gen Con and Worlds, in all reality, yeah. that like you pick you pick a slightly not amazing one knowing that you can probably get the one you really want for the long term after it. Yep. So. Yep. But yeah. Um, All right, I think we'll probably jump off that topic and kind of get close to wrapping up here. There was there was one that Derek did bring up about uh line taking earth and I think we've touched on that so we'll go into it again. Um, yeah, none of us are lion players. So yeah. it causes controversy know. is basically what it comes down to. Yeah, and like 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 he said, the Jade Throne had a lot to say, and I agree. And I think uh, anything we said here probably echoes that. And I and I and I agree with that statement. I mean, uh, unless we had James on, who is our local Lion player, at least to New Hampshire, I don't. Sad. Yeah, I know he's been really enjoying uh, Earth Becomes Sky. Uh, it's very annoying well, for my deck in particular. Yeah. So it's it's a yeah. good card, like we, like we said. It yep. Is. Yep. So. so I think that's all we have for the show tonight, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. All right, we're yeah. going to butter our way out here with an outro. Uh, and that is that samurai sometimes notice peasants, noticing them not noticing samurai. And they Perfect. sometimes sell them <laughs> Nails the dismount. Notice, notice. <laughs> <laughs> Does a peasant notice another peasant if it's a shinobi? Ooh. Depends on their stealth roll. What if I it's mean, a what's their skull duggery skill? <laughs> <laughs> they have a small tattooed man riding a back of them. <laughs> that somehow makes you how much strife did they roll? <laughs> the freaking logic of that doesn't make any sense. Did they be <laughs> right? You're just carrying this guy around and nobody notices you. What is <laughs> okay? That's enough. Good night, folks. <laughs> Good night. You've been listening to the Meek Informant. You can find us on the web at www.facebook.com forward slash The Meek Informant. And can subscribe to our podcast through Google's podcast app, Apple's podcast app via iTunes or Podbean at themeekinformant.podbean.com forward slash feed.xml. Want to continue the conversation about today's topic or any of our other content? We can be reached via our Facebook page or email themeekinformant at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter account at meekinformant. Our YouTube or Twitch accounts can also be found by searching for The Meek Informant. If you would like to help others find us, please consider writing a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to our show. Thanks for listening, and remember, samurai seldom notice peasants. Peasants always 
known as Samurai.